Hello and welcome to episode 28 of the Telling the Story podcast, a look at how journalists and everyone reach the world. I am Matt Pearl, author of the Telling the Story blog and a reporter at NBC in Atlanta. So uh, I, I just learned something about my current guest. I had, I had reached out to interview him because he was just named the NPPA's Eastern Regional Photographer of the Year. But as I was researching this man, I discovered an award statistic that is perhaps even more impressive. My guest tonight has won more than 60 regional Emmy Awards, most of which in the biggest market in the country. He's a photographer for WNBC-TV in New York. Michael Del Judas, welcome to the Telling the Story podcast. Hey, Matt. Thanks so much for having me, buddy. All this, and you just learned how to use Skype tonight, so this is very exciting. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's it's sad. It is sad. Sometimes uh, it takes a little while to catch up with the technology. I, actually, this is technology from a few years back. But um, yeah, I, I this is not my forte, but uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm having a good time chatting with you. Uh, 60 Emmys, Mike? Really? Uh, uh, um, you know, I... It's a team effort, Matt. No, <laughs> no thank you, bud. I, you know, it's, I, I've been in the business for uh, 30 years, so um, uh, it hasn't been one per year or two per year. It's uh, been streaky, but, I, you know, it's, it's just, you know what, I, I just love what I'm doing. It's, it's a passion, so, uh, uh, hey, that, that's, the, that's the best reward I can ask for. Yeah, it's uh, remarkable. Probably the holy grail for, uh, for so many in this profession is to have that kind of consistent success and when it comes to consistency uh, i want to mention a little bit for those who aren't familiar what exactly you just won because the nppa of course the national press photographers association they have a quarterly clip competition it's one of the most comprehensive in the business for photojournalists you submit entries every quarter and those stories are judged and then awarded some are you know you get your first place second place third place in various categories and you get points depending on what place your story finishes. And whoever has the most points at the end of the year is declared photographer of the year. Now, Mike, I should be angry with you because you narrowly defeated one of my colleagues, Nick Marone, over at uh, WXIA in Atlanta. But then I watched your work and, uh, and I couldn't stay angry with you because it was so good. What was your reaction to winning this award? Was this your, was this your first photographer of the year or had you won this one before as well? Well, first of all, thank you very much, Matt. Um, yeah, it, it was it was a, a dogfight. Um, uh, I had won um, I had won re regional uh, photographers of the year in the past, but never in the uh, NPPA East top station market uh, uh, pool. Yeah. Um, uh, and going up against you know stations like yourself, uh, um, WXIA and. Uh, WBFF in Baltimore and uh, News 12 in Connecticut and uh, all up and down the eastern uh, uh, coast. Um, it's uh, it it was quite a battle, and uh, you know WNBC we're, we're super proud of uh, of you know just even being being able to compete with you guys. Um, so it, it was it was a shock. I I, I got to be honest with you, I, uh, Matt. I didn't I didn't expect it. So. Well, what a wonderful shock I'm sure it was, and uh, especially I, I think, you know, most people when they hear about the NPPA, they think uh, a, a very long-form storytelling, they think about maybe six, seven-minute pieces with all sorts of uh, flashy editing in and out, and what impressed me as I watched your stories, and 
thankfully they they put up all of the winners in a nice little video playlist so i was watching and, and i just couldn't help but think about how so many of these stories they weren't feature stories they weren't necessarily you know the uh the last story of the newscast these were a lot of them were very hard stories good hard news you're in new york which again such a a market known for its hard news coverage first and rarely any kind of soft news or, or features and yet you're able to weave great storytelling into those kinds of stories talk about your mindset uh when you go out on those kinds of stories and how exactly you approach it from that NPPA storytelling philosophy well uh, matt it, it's a great question um i uh it, it i want to say it depends it depends on who you're working with, um, with being able to have that mindset to be able to put together um, uh, good storytelling in a timely fashion. Um, there are certain people who uh, you, know, you work with and, and you're excited about just putting together a solid piece for that day's air and you want to get it on the air. And, um, <laughs> you, know, I, you know, we're in the business and, and you know, that's obviously very important making deadline making slot um but uh there's a few reporters and one very specifically that i, I would like to mention uh a guy named andrew siff he um he's the king of uh the back time back timing your day time Absolutely. management it's so important um and andrew and i literally plot out the day no matter what it is i mean breaking news it's it's difficult you you um, you finish uh, you you might finish a story and then all of a sudden something's breaking and and trying to plot out time management is a little difficult, but if it's a day where you're putting together a a general piece, a general news piece, you've talked about it in the meeting, and you go in and uh, it's got a, a good hard um, edge to it, but we want to find people, you know, it doesn't make a difference if it's New York City or Iowa or, you know, Atlanta, wherever, uh, people telling stories about people is, is the key to good storytelling. Yeah. So yeah, it could be Manhattan and the craziness of, of trying to, uh, deal with traffic and, and getting around and, and, but once you get to that location, you lock in, you, you find people who, uh, you know, who are either characters or, you know, whatever will, will turn a story into um, something memorable. No matter what the story is, we're trying to make that story memorable. Tell stories, good pacing, and no matter what market you're in, it works when, when you follow those guidelines. Yeah. Is it tricky, specifically in a market like New York, where it is such a... It's known for being run and gun, breaking news. I mean, I grew up in New Jersey, and you know, and and I don't. I watched the news when I was younger. I don't know that I remember a whole lot of really drawn out storytelling, like a lot of what you see, and a lot of my favorite storytellers are the ones who take their time and and let pieces kind of build. But New York would seem like a difficult market to try to pull those kinds of things off. Yeah, no question, Matt. It, it you know we have a news director who believes in good storytelling. Um, she lets us know how, how proud we, she is of, of the type of stuff we're doing. Um, it is difficult, uh, especially when you're running around with other crews that might not be as, uh, 
you know, appreciative of what you're doing. So um, trying to do stories where uh, you're pulling people out, it's not constantly a, you know, uh, an onslaught uh, of, of, you know, mics in everybody's faces. It's tough. There's no question it's <laughs> tough. But, but we, you know, we do our best trying to, uh, to tell a good story and, uh, you know, have a little reveal, you know, do, uh, do what, what it takes to really um, make that story memorable, you know. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely difficult in the city, but uh, we try our best. What's an example you can think of, if you can think of one off the top of your head, uh, where there were a whole bunch of other stations there and you were battling for mic space, but you used that to your advantage, Telling the story. Uh, let me think of uh, that's a that's a that's a tough one. I'll that, tell you one. I'll, that, I'll tell you one from my from my career that just okay. thinking about it. Well, give you a chance to think of one. Sure. Um, last week, actually, I was doing a story on a, a politician who just had pled guilty and no contest to six different charges of fraud. Basically, the short story was that he was charged with raising about a million dollars for a nonprofit over the course of 20 years and pocketing most of the money for himself and his family. So the next day, he actually held a press conference. And I got there first and did a one-on-one interview with him. And he was very combative during the interview and was really very fiery with me. As I was finishing, other people came up and started asking questions. But my microphone was still on him. So as they were asking him questions, I kind of slid out took my tripod and my camera and just started getting different angles of the battle between him and the different reporters. And it wound up getting about four or five different angles of him using the, using the same language and tone and and giving the same sound bites. And it made just for a much stronger visual story at, out of what could have been really rough because when I tell you that this press conference was on a street corner uh, in rural Georgia, there was not much to look at, and without that extra effort, it would not have come through like it did. Oh, I, I mean, there's no question you you made something out of uh, not not something out of nothing, but you certainly enhanced that piece. No question I, that you talk about putting that lava on and leaving that lava on. Right, that is huge. That you know, I jotted down some some notes and. One of the things that I wanted to talk about is um, just put just no matter where where we are in New York City, put a mic on somebody. It doesn't make a difference what, you know, good storytelling can take place anywhere, Matt. Um, So if 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 we approach somebody, whether it's a politician or somebody, you know, whether if you can just get that mic on them. For many reasons, you you don't have to be up there, you know, in their face with this with this camera in there, you know, an inch away. You can back off, like you said. That's a fantastic um, technique. Back off and 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 let things happen in your lens, but you're not in their face. Um, yeah. I, you know, it as as you're telling that story, I'm I'm trying to think of um, some. Uh, uh, I don't have any specifics. Um, That's okay. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I uh, you threw me a little bit of a curveball. I got but, you, uh, but but it happens every day. I mean, it's almost impossible on so many of the stories I shoot not to include the other media because New York City it's it's not just you know, three stations or you know whoever should you know 
they're they're on any given day, especially if it's a you know celebrity type story, there could be twenty, thirty cameras. That's that's a part of the story. That's a story. Right. Just the 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 crazy circus that it is, besides the actual, you know, event that's taking place, that's its own event. Yeah. How uh how interesting is it to try to capture that circus or as a photographer do you mostly find it to be a big pain in the butt that you've got so many cameras and that I, I know anytime I'm doing a story where I think I'm the only guy out there and then you see another station vehicle pull up and, and you just go, oh, shoot. Now, <laughs> now I'm not the only voice on this story. You know, now because when it's just you, you can tell the story the way you want to tell it and you can kind of and and you can really you can follow that path on your own and not have to worry about what all the other guys are doing, you know? hundred percent. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, uh, in New York City, it's almost impossible to be alone. Uh, no matter what you do, um, there's a crew that's showing up, at, at, you know, out of nowhere. Right. Uh, unless it's something you've totally enterprised and something that you have, um, you know, you've set up, you've asked, nobody else is coming, you know, that type of thing. You can almost guarantee that there's going to be an onslaught of crews. But but like we were saying, Matt, you you, you use that to your, your advantage. Um, you can make a negative into a positive on so many things, and that's one of them. Um, just uh, just utilize that. I mean, this person, it, depending on the circumstances, if it's a politician, they've experienced many many cameras in their face. But if this is somebody who hasn't experienced it, just stepping back and seeing their reactions to. 10 cameras is is story in itself. I mean, it, it can really, really uh, set you up to, to make it a, a different type of a story than all the other crews are about to, you know, put on the air. And it really, um, if you, if you think out of the box, um, you can, you can do something special. That's great stuff. This is the Telling the Story podcast. I'm Matt Pearl. He is 60-time Emmy-winning photographer Michael Del Judas of WNBC in New York. I-, I wanted to get into your career because it really is fascinating. We were talking a little bit before the start of the podcast, but kind of give me the short version of your from where you started to where you are now. Okay. <laughs> The short uh, version, Michael. Yeah, yeah, I know it's thirty years, Matt. So <laughs> I don't know how short I can condense that, but I can try. Um, I, I started on Long Island at a small uh, back road station uh, out east. Did that for a year, and then uh, News Twelve um, started up their operations, uh, opening up throughout the metropolitan area. I was at uh, I was at News Twelve Long Island for about seven years. Um, started decided to take my uh, <laughs> like LeBron, take my talents. Um, instead of to, uh, <laughs> instead of the Miami, I went out to San Francisco. So um, I was out there for a couple of years. Uh, had a great time. I was um, at uh, uh, KTVU in uh, actually based in Oakland. Was there for a couple of years and then made my way back to the East Coast. Um, eventually uh, landing at WNBC, and I've been there for the last eight years. And um, uh, I've been a part of the uh, National uh, Press Photographers Association for 20 years. Uh, first 10 years, I kind of thought I knew what I was doing. And uh, 
I, you know, the more I learned about the about storytelling in the MPPA, the more I realized how much I didn't know. Mm. And, uh, you know, it, it's a uh, MPPA has really changed the direction of my career. Um, I was a pretty picture taker. Um, people used to think, oh, you're, you're a real good, you know, photographer or, or, you know, cameraman or whatever, however it was called back then. And, uh, and I believed that. And then I learned, wow, there's so much more to it mm. to become a, a photojournalist, somebody who could actually tell a story with pictures and more importantly, with sound, um, telling a story, uh, with great natural sound and, and enhancing it every step of the way with, um, with, you know, storytelling techniques and, and good pacing is everything. And I learned all of that in the uh, MPPA. Yeah. When you went out to San Francisco, when you did, in fact, take your talents over there. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm just kidding, Matt. You know? Oh, listen, no, it's I'm okay. Just try- I'm just trying to make a living, buddy. <laughs> I understand it. Well, you went out, you went out to San Francisco and you worked for uh, a news magazine out there, right? I did. I did. Um, I worked for uh, a, a, one of the local stations, uh, KTVU, and I yeah. worked for, um, or for uh, ABC Network's uh, news magazine. It's, it was called Turning Point, um, and that, that's quite a few years ago. Uh, and it was it was basically a um, like the answer. It, it was ABC's answer to a, a Dateline, um, but it was a little more long form. They would uh, spend. Uh, the majority of the show on one subject. Um, and, you know, I, I, I didn't work for them for all that long, but the, the time I did uh, was an amazing experience because it really, really, you know, stepped up my game. I, I had to. I'm like, I'm, I'm working network now, and uh, I really have to, uh, you know, uh, play with the big boys. Uh, the only negative, though, was I didn't edit any of my material Oh, that's a big, big difference. The the moment I started editing my stuff, um, I became a better photojournalist. No question. Well, let me ask you about that, actually, because uh, I when I was uh, in college, I interned at WCBS in New York. And I remember back then there was a very, uh, very thick line. Uh, across positions and <laughs> if you were a photographer because of union rules you here's what i remember i remember that the cbs local newsroom was on one side of 57th street in manhattan and the photographers were all stationed on the other side of 57th street absolutely that so is when the you would go get us when you would go to a story you would step out of the building walk across the street and You'd find out then who your photographer would be. They would take you. You'd get back. The photographer would give you the tapes. And then you'd take it back across the street where an editor would then put the story together. But I guess that's not how you operate these days. No. Oh, That would uh, probably drive you crazy, right? What, what was that, Matt? That would probably drive you crazy, I would imagine. Yes. Well, it did. It did back in my first few years of, of working at News 12. We didn't edit our own stuff. And... Um, and yeah, Hey, we had a lot of good editors, no question, but it might not have been the vision that you had, you know, uh, as a right. photojournalist. Um, so 
the moment uh, our station decided to go in that direction to have the uh, photographers edit their material, uh, and, and it didn't mean we lost all our editors. They were definitely doing other projects and and you know and smaller stories and anchor packages and and things like that. But um, but being able to edit our own stuff was everything. It was absolutely um, you know you you understood what you needed. You got you know if if you made a mistake in not picking up certain shots or video or or you didn't hold a shot long enough or you didn't um you didn't get you know good natural sound uh, you know for something it was your fault and you had no one else to blame but yourself and right. so you realized uh, the next time yeah i'll hold my shot longer or i'll you know it, it really changed your mindset and made you realize well, I, I, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta step it up, and I really don't want to, you know, screw myself over. Yeah. <laughs> For a lack well, of a better word, sorry, Matt. No, it's okay. And that, that's, uh, you know, when I give advice to other multimedia journalists, you know, as, as you know, I shoot all, I shoot and edit all of my own stories. Yes, it's, absolutely, it's, and it's, it's beyond impressive, Matt. Oh, Your well, stuff thank you. Is fantastic. <laughs> thank you very much. But when you know. It's it's that philosophy you just described, and it's almost ballooned because the way you shoot affects how you'll write the story, and and the amount of time you spend writing, that cuts into how much time you have to edit, and it's all one big process. So really, as much freedom as it gives you, it also gives you a lot more accountability to yourself, yep. and that really goes a long way towards making you be a more responsible journalist whether it's an mmj or as a photojournalist no question matt that that goes back to the whole back timing and time management um you know for you more than anyone if you uh if you uh allow yourself too much time in one in one department you're not allowing yourself enough time in the next and and as you know as much as anyone um the edit during the edit the more time you have no question. The more time you have, you the better the piece is going to be. Uh, I, you know, it doesn't make a difference. You we're, we're photojournalists. We're editors. We're you know we're journalists. We we know how to do the job, and we gather the the materials you know in a in a relatively timely fashion, and we know how to do these things. It's just being able to put in a piece together is it's like a puzzle and the more time you have to put together that puzzle, the piece is going to, uh, excel and, and, and it's going to be a better piece. There's no question. And that's interesting too, because when you're in the field, you have to, at some point on every story, you have to make the decision. I have shot all that I need for this story. Mm -hmm. And I've watched your stories. You do a lot of quick cuts. You're obviously shooting a lot of video, so I would imagine you probably put a lot of pressure on yourself in the field to get all those shots in little enough time that you can then have enough time on the back end for editing. Matt, it's a it's a it's an internal battle that I go through <laughs> on a daily basis. And you know, knowing when you have enough stuff, knowing when to to move on and it, it's not just the entire shoot you break that down into even locations within the shoot right uh you know 
all right, we're moving on to the next location. Do I have everything? Do I have, you know, and, and then in this whole scheme of, of, you know, shooting and how much you've shot and, and what you've put on now it's a card, but what you've put, you know, on your media, um, is, you know, do I have a, an opening shot? Do I have a closing shot? Do I have everything in between? Like I said, internal battle on a daily basis. Yeah. But, um, you know, a- after 30 years and, and 20 years in the MPPA, you kind of get an idea of, I think I'm good. <laughs> I think I have what I need. <laughs> and you know what? You get into the edit bay, and, and there are times when you're like, oh, I could have used one or two more shots. But yeah. you can't beat yourself up on that on a you know daily basis. I, I find that almost, almost every time with every story I do, even when I think I've overshot completely, I'm always one or two shots short of what I'd actually want because there's always something and I guess my question to you would be is there a secret I, I don't know that there is a you know a, a, a definitive way to tell when you've shot enough but is there kind of a secret or a, or a go-to question that you ask yourself or if you can answer it yes I've got this particular thing then I'm good to go well first uh, I'll, I'll try and answer one um, first it's it's a feel it, it is an absolute feel and depending on who you work with um, you kind of have a better feel of of how certain people write compared to others. Um, and, you know, some people write longer uh, tracks, others write tight, tight tracks. Um, so you kind of know who you need a little more video with compared to others. Right. Um, you, you can't really predict um, the future, so you don't know exactly what that script is going to look like, but you kind of have an idea, especially after the amount of time you've been doing it, you kind of have a, an idea of, of what makes sense and how many, you know, shots you, you've kind of allowed yourself to uh, work with. So um, what was the last thing you said, Matt? Uh, <laughs> is there a secret? Uh, is there a question well, you asked? To, thank that, you. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, uh you know, it, it's funny. I actually um, used to carry around earlier in my career a checklist in my back pocket. And I oh, didn't always. Wow. I, know, I know. Back in the days, uh, I didn't always go to it. And actually, I rarely went to it. But just kind of knowing I had it was a good feeling, a comfortable feeling. And every once in a while, I'd pull it out and kind of, I got this, I got this, I got this. Eventually, I stopped uh, looking at that checklist, I kind of had it in my head um, what I needed. But uh, you know, I, I uh, again, it's a feel. Um, you 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 um, I'm trying to think of what to go with. I'm sorry, buddy. Oh, it's okay. Um, Somewhere in the uh, Del Judas household, no doubt, is uh, is one of those old checklists that you used to have, <laughs> I bet. Yes, yes. Um, it's funny. I, I showed my wife, and, and she laughed at me. She knew uh, – she she knows what a, um, a passionate uh, person I am about this business, and uh, and she's somebody who worked in the business once upon a time, and uh, and I showed it to her. It, it's got to be in a box somewhere. Uh, <laughs> in the archives of, uh, of the, uh, Del Judas household. This is the telling the story podcast. I'm Matt Pearl. He is Michael Del Judas, a photographer at WNBC TV in New York. Also this year's East top region photographer of the year. And, uh, this last section of the podcast, Michael, we always, uh, try to make it about advice for younger journalists. And 
I thought particularly for you, you know, I, I've, I've spoken at a few journalism conferences now, and the big critique that you hear at these conferences is that people get up and they show all of their long-form stuff. And, you know, they show these seven-minute pieces that are really, really amazing, but that younger journalists will never uh, get the opportunity to do until, you know, several years down the road at least. And no the big question is, how do you develop good storytelling skills in that confined environment of having to turn a story every day? You're arguably the best in the business at it. How do you, or, or what are the, the pieces of advice you'd give to those just starting off, trying to really develop their own, uh, their own voice and their own mindset as photojournalists and MMJs? Uh, well, don't bite off too much that you know that you can chew i, I mean the th the the issue is just do what you can on a daily basis where you can uh in MPPA we talk about little victories small victories yeah just start off that way start off with you know what i i did a very cool stand up today or I did a, you know, I did, uh, I did something that enhanced the story, whether it's a, a you know, a, a nice piece of nat sound or a, um, or, or it really scored big on an interview or something like that. Uh, don't, don't uh, think that, oh, I just went to a, a workshop or something. I just saw this video that, you know, this piece by somebody and, and I just need to do that. You're not going to be able to do that. Not, not day one, not day you know, month six or even first year. <laughs> yeah. Don't just take little pieces of things that people have done. Study, learn. Um, I, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's 2015. You, you could look at anybody's work now. Um, you know, I've looked at yours, you've looked at mine, uh, learn, study and, and know that you're not going to, um, be able to pull that off immediately just take little bits and pieces and and gain people's trusts wh whether you're a, a you know an mmj or or a, a photojournalist who's who's just starting out at a, at a station or trying to get into a station if you're at that station and you've been there for a few months and you start to show people that 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 you can do the job and do it with passion and do it with um uh you know uh, the ability to put something on the air that's not just a, oh, I slapped it together, I put something, I put thought into it, you're going to start gaining the trust of whether it's the assignment desk or producers, EPs, managing editors, they're all going to start to see that and they're going to give you better assignments, maybe even projects, and that's when you really can shine and you know when you have a little more time, but just... You put together pieces that have smooth pacing and, and, you know, you're, 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 um, just tell stories about people, you know, and, and when you get to that story and you're, you're, uh, you're trying to, um, you're trying to, you know, outshine the other crews with, with something that, uh, is a little more than just the, you know, police blotter type story. Right. Um, you know, you, you just like I said, little victories will really go a long way. Let me ask you this. Uh, 
you know, so much of the time, I think, when we think about younger journalists in television, we think that almost everybody comes out as an MMJ. But, you know, there are people who just focus strictly on photography. And I'm, I'm curious as to what you would say to someone who wants to get into TV news, wants to be a photojournalist, does not want to have to report, does not want to be an MMJ. What is the career path for someone like that? And, and do you steer someone towards simply being a photojournalist? Or do you say, you know, it, it, being an MMJ is not so bad either? <laughs> you know, well, you can answer that. <laughs> is, is MMJ uh, so bad or not so bad, Matt? Um, no. Uh, it, if, if these people had the talent that, uh, and, and ability that you have, uh, you know, then I'd tell them definitely go in that direction. Um, no, I mean, Matt, to answer your question, it's, it's tough. In this business right now, it's difficult to get a just, just a photog position, exactly. especially in small markets. In the small markets, they want you to do everything. Um, so if you just want to be a photog and you, know, you don't have an interest in you know, whether it's being on camera or tracking or, or you know, doing the whole nine yards, being a reporter, um, you know, look at stations that are probably in smaller markets, but they still have the majority of their photogs just shooting and editing. Um, I, I know many of the News 12 stations around this metropolitan area up here in New York, um, many of them uh, are photojournalist-driven, uh, photojournalist editors, and uh, you know some of them. Uh, I think News 12 um, Brooklyn and the Bronx. They shoot and edit. They uh, and and report. They do the whole nine yards. They do the um, MMJ. But uh, News 12 Long Island and you know News 12 Connecticut. They're smaller stations that are attainable, um, and they just shoot and edit. So do your homework and find stations like that that are possible to to work for. Um, you know, it's uh, but it's a tough tough go right now you definitely need to do and, and there's no reason not to try and learn everything especially yeah. if you're still in college no question well and that's something I, I think when people think of mmjs i think the stereotype is a reporter or a an aspiring reporter who then must learn the skills of photojournalism but i'm sure there are plenty of people who are aspiring photojournalists who now to be more uh you know to be more marketable to be more flexible and viable they now need to learn the skills of reportering, uh, reportering, of reporting. <laughs> Clearly, I don't have those skills. It's, well, and Matt, um, it's late, too, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, but uh, of being on camera and, and having that certain, you know, voicing and, and all these things that I'm sure most pure photojournalists don't necessarily want to have to worry about. So it's probably an adjustment no matter how you look at it. And, and like you said, it, to just do one thing, is just very challenging in this day and age. Oh, uh, you know, my my uh, hat is off to you know all of them, especially you, who two time two time defending uh, um, solo solo <laughs> solo video journalist. Is that that's the correct uh, title? I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not sure. Come on, buddy. Uh, <laughs> please, you. 
since the cat is out of the bag, uh, I, I will say that yes, I uh, along as, on the same night that you won your uh, photographer of the year award, I was also named the national solo video journalist of the year, and Absolutely. and it is I, I consider that a, a, a giant honor. The MPPA is really brought in my own work, and no, I, I I'm I'm thrilled about it. I don't like to announce it too much, but since you have. Forced yes. my hand, Mr. Del Judas. I, I will. I'm I will absolutely do so. forcing my uh, your hand, my <laughs> my friend. Uh, very very impressive. Um, you you know, I, I watching your work is just so impressive. Uh, you do everything and you do it with such ease. I want to say with such ease. You know, it's yeah. not uh, easy and not in, from where I'm sitting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you'd never know. The, the pressures and the, uh, you know, the uh, intense pressure that you go through uh, trying to put together a piece and doing everything, everything, reporting, tracking, shooting, editing, the whole, you know, the whole deal. And uh, it's extremely impressive. Uh, just, I, you know, at least, I, I mean, I have a, a second uh, sounding board. I have, a, you know, a second person to bounce ideas off of um, and you certainly, you know, I'm, I know I'm, I'm speaking for yourself, but I, I know you have a producer back at the station that you can, you know, you can throw some ideas out and they're, they're copy editing your script. But there, there's no question the work you you do on a daily basis is beyond impressive. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there trying to do what you do um, and trying to do it the way you do it. And, uh, uh, I, you know, Matt, you are... Uh, you are a um, you're something else, buddy. I, <laughs> well, you're very, very impressive. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm friends with a lot of uh, your types, <laughs> the MMJs, <laughs> and uh, um, they they've seen your work and they're extremely impressed and oh. realize that uh, that the work you put into it, no question. Well, There's I a pre- lot of passion there, my friend. I appreciate that, and and uh, and the feeling is absolutely mutual, and uh, and to see the work that you've done. Like I said, I I think, you know, one of the big frustrations most young journalists who want to be storytellers find early on is that it's very difficult to do all that in the, in the pressure cooker of a day turn and to see the stuff that, that you consistently put out. That's an inspiration to anyone, be it photojournalist, reporter, or MMJ. So proud of the work that you're doing and congratulations to you. Uh, before I let you go, I always like to end with that famous reporter's question. You've probably seen your guys ask this quite a bit. Is there anything we haven't touched on that you wanted to add? <laughs> I, I work with a few reporters that absolutely say that. Um, uh, and, and it's funny. And they, and a lot of times they turn around and say, Mike, do you have any questions for them? <laughs> Which I, I've done that too. When I do get to work yes. with a photographer, I do that. And I always find, because the photographer's, see they cover more ground than reporters do typically so you guys are seeing more you're just going more places because you'll cover more stories so typically you guys always have the ace up the sleeve that brings some of the best sound bites that is absolutely a great point for reporters out there ask your photographers if if he or she has questions thanks matt no it's it's true um but no, is there anything else we haven't touched upon? Uh, we've we've chatted for quite a while. Uh, yeah, you know my 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 words of wisdom. My the word that I use, I've and I've used for the last thirty years, is passion. Be passionate about what you're doing because um, we are very privileged to be able to tell stories and tell 
a whole lot of people uh, these stories. And um, especially now, once upon a time, you, the piece aired and that was it. Now it lives forever on, on the Internet. And yeah. uh, a lot of people get a chance to see this stuff and, and see the work you're doing. So have a lot of pride and passion in, in what, what type of uh, pieces you're putting on the air and on the Internet, too. That's a great way to end it. Michael Del Judas, thanks so much for joining me on the Telling the Story podcast. Thank you so much, Matt, for having me, buddy. All right, and the Telling the Story blog updates every Monday and Wednesday. The website is tellingthestoryblog.com. Rate and review this podcast on iTunes. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Telling the Story podcast. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.